Welcome to The Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now, here's a message from Pastor Jim Cobray. Hey, everybody. It's good to be with you, and we are grateful that you are if you will, plugged in to the Word of God. You know, a lot of people are doing live streaming and a lot of people are doing, you know, the uh, YouTube and everything. Instead of being live streaming, I like to call it living streaming because you're going to live better when you get a hold of the things of God. Hey, that's what we're going to be talking about right now. It's about living better. I want to start off by just giving some ideas. Um, If I was to entitle this message in the next one, uh, because I'm going to do a kind of a part two on the next one. And, uh, but if I was entitled them, I would call it probably something like better thinking, better living or better life. You know, and a lot has to do with how we really think upstairs. You know, what are, what are we doing with our thinking? And I have to go back in my own personal life just for a little bit. So I'll kind of open the door and be a little bit transparent with you about things in my past. I remember so many years ago, and it's been a long time, but, um, you know, where I was just so negative about things. I didn't like people. I mean, I'm, I'm a pastor that loves people, loves churches, and loves gathering with people, wanting to be around people. I love hearing people talk all the time, but I was one of these people that has so frustrated with life, and I was negative, absolutely negative about everything, negative about the way people looked, <laughs> never negative about how they sounded and what they talk like or their, I mean, if I had something I could criticize, it would seem like I was probably the biggest critic that ever walked on the planet, you know, but I found something out. The more negative I was, the more negative my life became. It's like I was feeding myself being negative. And it just ruined my whole life. It ruined the lives of other people around me and everything else. And, you know, it's like it just breeds, you know, negativity just breeds. We're living in a time that's very negative, very fearful, lots of crazy things going on, never really stops. It's always from one thing to the next. But how to deal with that is to change your thinking. The problem with it is, is you can't change your thinking. No, I said change your thinking. And I came back and said, you know, you can't change your thinking. Well, I want you to know something. You can with Jesus Christ. And that's the difference. Some of you might say, was this one of those psycho cybernetic, you know, new age guru goofball messages that we've heard for years, you know, positive thinking message. And there is some strength and some, you know, validity to positive thinking that brings better, you know, lifestyles to yourself. But when you put the word of God in there and your thinking is not just positive, positive about stuff, but literally lined up with the Word of God. Now it changes the world that you live in. So all of a sudden that better thinking becomes really a better life. And you know darn well as you're sitting there right now, some of you might be under pressure from what's going on in our economy and in this planet, this uh, world that we live in, and you find yourself just you know, just about as frustrated as you could possibly be. You don't maybe like me don't understand what the heck's going on. It's just kind of a crazy thing. But I I want you to know something. There's an answer to this. 
And it's so important for us to really see the truth. So today we're going to talk about the Word of God. And of course, next time we get together, one thing about the rock, you're going to always find out what God says from the Bible, not what we think as human beings. I think we're in a mess in this country right now because a lot of secular people are making decisions for us and not understanding, nor are they in any way trusting God uh, for, for what's going to be taking place. So let's talk about it just for a few moments. If you've been negative, if you've been down, if you've been discouraged or frustrated in your life, why, my goodness sakes alive, let's start to think about what are we feeding ourselves because what we're feeding ourselves is coming out. There's a scripture that I wanted to share with you, and it might be kind of fun for you to get your family and sit around and talk just a little bit and get the kids to watch this because it's important for them. They may not get it and they may play during the whole thing and that's okay because I always say it like this, with your children, they're really watching you more than they're getting the Word of God. If you're excited about God, parents, guess what? They're going to be excited about God too. So let's talk about changing our thinking so that we can change our life. Let's get into right thinking so that we can have right life. That's what God would have us to do. In Proverbs, the 23rd chapter, verse number 27. Let me say it again. They're going to put it up on the screen for you in just a moment. In Proverbs 23, verse number seven, it says these words. I'm going to go there. My Bible, I'll give you time to get there too. In Proverbs 23, verse number seven, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So here we find something that's so fascinating. As a man, that means anybody. That means you women, that means you men, that means any human on the planet. As he thinks in his heart. In other words, it's past his mind, but it's now settled on the inside of him. And you can always know when something's past the thinking and starting to affect your lifestyle, starting to affect what you feel, you know, your emotions, your, maybe you're full of anxiety or worry or con confrontation and anything such as that. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things that takes place. You've, you find yourself being affected by what you're thinking. And he says, as a man thinks, so is he. Man, that is a powerful statement. As I was thinking before in my past, that's what I was becoming, exactly that. And when trials and problems and pressures come, and they will come, there's no doubt about it, I was affected by that. It changed everything. It changed how I looked at life. It changed whether or not I had a good life. It changed whether or not I was um, happy. Has anybody ever just been happy for a short period of time and then something lousy happens? And then all of a sudden, you know, you're miserable again. Well, I found that there's something that supersedes just being happy. And you know what it is? It's when you're full of joy. I love being full of joy and the presence of God brings great joy into our lives. And that's what we need to do is usher in the presence of God in the midst of these problems and trials so that we can be what God wants us to be, just filled and thrilled all the time with the things of the Lord. So my thinking had to change. So, you know, uh, I would try to get myself to think positively. I would try to speak positively. And for a while, I did it. And then after a while, I would just revert right back to, you know, doing some crazy thing and never really getting the job done. Always kind of like going back and forth and never fulfilling it. 
And that's why in myself, I couldn't get myself to think rightly or correctly because I found myself being overwhelmed with emotions and finding myself at a place of trial all the time. So as a man thinks in his heart, I had to change my thinking in my heart, but I couldn't do it myself. But I found out that when God comes into the situation, it changes everything, including, if you let it happen, including your words of your mouth, including, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You can see where you're at by what comes out of your mouth all the time, especially under times like this of great pressure. So all of a sudden I was trying to get myself to change, to think better, and I couldn't do it. But I found out by the Holy Spirit, the power of God, in my weakness, God becomes strong. And in the power of God, I could do what God would have us to do. So I, I, I wanted to share something with you. Let's take a, an analogy from the scripture. And I'm going to have you go to Psalms, if you will, 91, verse number four. So we're leaving Proverbs 23, verse seven. We're going to Psalms 94, uh, excuse me, 91, verse number four. And uh, let me get there. If, if you're not there already, it's okay, because it's important that we look at the word together. Psalms 91 and verse number four, it's kind of interesting. It's speaking about God and how he takes care of us. And he shall cover you with his feathers. Someone says, oh, he's got feathers. How do I know? I've never seen him. You've never seen him. If God wants to have feathers, let him have feathers. So feathers is not the subject. Stop letting your mind wander like that. And let's go back. And under his wings, he shall, you shall take refuge. In other words, what he's saying is that when we take refuge in the midst of our problems in God, then we truly get blessed. He says, and you shall not be afraid by the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by the day, verse number five. And verse number six, it says, sure shall the pestilence. Now, it, uh, boy, we're in a time of pestilence. That's like viruses or diseases or anything like that. He says, no, shall the pestilence that walk in darkness, nor do the destruction lay waste at noonday. And then he comes along, and I, th- I found this to be fascinating. Stop and think about this. He says, a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand. Stop, let's get an image here. Here I am, I'm in a public place with lots of people. Tell me how you would react. And a thousand people on one of my sides drops over dead. What would you do? Well, besides screaming and yelling, you know, and and freaking out and getting away from them, that's what you do, that's what I would do. You know, he says a thousand may fall at one side. And then he goes on, he says, and 10,000 at your right hand. So here's my right hand. Right next to me, 10,000 people drop over. How crazy is that? But then he makes a promise with this. Even though those things may happen around us, listen to what he says in verse number seven at the end of the verse. And he says, but, and I love the word but here. He really, really makes a statement. And he says, but it shall come, it shall not come near you. One translation, it shall not be a, a plague near you. It shall not come near you. So 
What would we do if a thousand right next to us fell over? What would our attitude be like? What would our mouth be like? What would we be planting on the inside of us? How would we be screaming and yelling and, and maybe cursing and all those things from high school come up and 10,000 on this side and you're standing there by yourself? Whew. Man, this is like the ultimate, if you will, the ultimate thing that's taking place. Well, I found out something, and I love this. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So God's telling us that if we will get in with him, he will take care of us in those times. If we will just put him there in the place of the frustration, in the place of the negativity, in the place of what other people say, in the place oftentimes of what you see, in the place of what's going on next to you. If you take God and put him in the place, that's not burying your head in the sand. That's burying your heart in Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible says, that you're to meditate his word day in and day out. And that's an exciting adventure to us. I want to take you one more scripture for today in 2 Corinthians, if you will. And let's just turn there in 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. So real quick, I want you to think about this. 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, and starting in verse number three. And it says these words in verse number three. For though we walk in the flesh, listen to this, we do not war according to the flesh. What's this war stuff? I thought when I became a Christian, I wouldn't have these kind of problems. And all of a sudden he says, listen, though we walk in the flesh, you know, here I am in the flesh, thousand may fall in one side, 10,000 at my right hand, but nothing will come near me. Why? Because I'm hid in Christ. And that means not just hid in Christ, but my thinking is along with Christ. The thinking about, and you hear all this stuff coming at you, you start to think like other people think instead of thinking what God has to think, which is really powerful. So here he comes along and he says, even though I'm in the flesh, he says, I do not war after the flesh. Listen to these words in verse number three, again, of the 10th chapter. He says, I do not war according to the flesh, but the weapons of my warfare. Listen, when I first read that, I said, what do you mean weapons? Why do I, I'm a Christian. Why do I need weapons? Why? I don't understand that at all. God's telling us something by what he's saying to us that even though we're born again, living on this planet, there's going to be a lot of battles in your life and you better know how to deal with them or those battles are going to come in and take you down with it. And that's the whole purpose of this thing. There's going to be pressure coming from everywhere. My goodness sakes alive, pressure from everywhere coming down to try to get you off of God, get you out from underneath his, his feathers, out from underneath his wings, out from underneath his protection, his way, get your mind to start to think contrary to what God says and find yourself failing in life like you're seeing literally right now in America, all across America. You see, I'm in faith, I'm in faith, I'm in faith. Man, they're in fear and anxiety and worry and frustration. Is that you stop it. And here's how you stop it. You realize that you are number one in a battle. But then he goes on and he gives us more detail about this in verse number four. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Carnal means, you know, physical. The weapons that I'm going to have, it's not like a physical gun or a, a hand grenade or a tank or a jet airplane or anything physical at all. This is not a physical battle that's trying to take you. It seems like it. 
but it's not. It's a spiritual battle that you're in for your mind right here for whether or not you're going to get under and stay under the protection of God. So that when 1,000 falls right next to you and 10,000 at your right hand, you stay very calm. Why? Because you know what the promise is that nothing that's going to rise up against you is going to harm you. Because you've got God. He's protecting you. Your mind is fixed on it. Your heart's fixed on it. So he comes along and he makes this statement. And I, I love this statement. He says, not, my, not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. Tell me the truth. Are we not in America right now having strongholds come against our business, our finances, our, uh, our, how about grocery stores? Have you gone to a grocery store? There's something taking out that all that toilet paper and all of those, uh, you know, napkins and paper towels and everything else. Everything is gone. Here's why. Because it's a stronghold that's put fear in the public because they don't know who God is. But you and your family, they're different. At least they should be different. Why? Because you have God and you have the promises of God. And yes, you're in a battle, but man, your mind doesn't think about the battle. You get rid of that mind that does think about the battle and you put your mind on the promises of God. Don't you love that? Listen to what it says because it goes right on to make that statement. He says, pulling down of strongholds, verse number five, casting down, listen to this, arguments. Did you know this world right now is arguing against common sense? This world right now is arguing against stability. This world is living by fear and walking into it. And you can be full of anxiety and worry and frustration if you let the world's waste. So I've got to get rid of what I see. I've got to get rid of what I think. I got to get rid of what I hear from the right side. Uh, people failing. I've got to get my mind back on what God has to say, because that's the weapon that God has for me. When my heart's fixed on him as a man thinks, so is he. So he says, cast down those arguments. And then he comes along and he defines it even better. Every high thing that exalts itself. These things are going to try to tell you God's not important. God doesn't help. God doesn't work. God doesn't get it done. You're, you know, that's just foolish thinking. That's just stupid. This is real. That's not real. I'm telling you what's real is God and the stuff of this world is not real. God controls all of it. And he comes on and he says this and bring every thought in the captivity to the obedience of Christ. So as a man thinketh, I've got to bring every thought not to what I can do, but to what God says he can do. And I have to change every day. I've got to cast my cares on he that careth. Every day I've got to walk in him. Every day when I hear that evil report on television or I go to the church and it's empty on the inside, every day I've got to get back up and say, no, God's going to take care of us. That's how we built this building in the first place. We didn't have the money. You know what we had? We had a faith in God. I never lost a night's sleep. You know why I never lost a night's sleep? Because I knew God would finish what he started. Can I just say this to you? God wants to finish what he started in your life. Don't back off. Don't look to the right. There's a thousand people failing out there. Don't look to the left. There's a 10,000 people failing out there. But keep your eyes on he that has called
called you, he that has anointed you, he that has blessed you, he that has healed you, he that's given his son, Jesus Christ, raised him from the dead, the tomb is empty. And I'm here to tell you some good news right now. You, your family, your finances, your dreams, your vision, you're gonna make it. Not because you're so smart, but your God is so great. Come on, somebody. You ought to give the Lord a great big praise. Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.